You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... And it chipped it away again! Toby Flood. God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that. Shut it off! Shut the goodness off! What a yoga! <laughs> Hi and welcome to episode 11 of the Waist High Rugby Podcast. The podcast that absolutely no one's asked for, but you're, you're getting anyway. Um, we're actually almost a full house today. It's really good to have Tom and, and Jack with us. Tom's just come off a, a two-week bender, I think. And we're um, really happy to have Stephen from Haugesson, uh Rugby League Club, joining us as well. Um, so I guess a quick starter. Uh, Jack, Tom, how, how are you guys doing? All good? Mate, I'm fine. It's Tom, we need to, it's Tom we need to ask. I think we'll, we'll probably dig into that a little bit more towards the end of the show. But uh, Tom, straight off the bat, how are you feeling today? Knackered. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, now you two miserable so-and-sos are done with. Uh, Stephen, how is life in Haugesson? What have you been up to this weekend? Uh, Costa del Hergeson at the moment, because it's like 30 degrees every day. Yeah. And we're complaining the winter and complaining the summer, but yeah. It's been great. Good weekend for me. I was running yesterday and today was a full day of rugby. Uh, Sunday's usually a rugby day for us over here. We have uh, the kids training uh, five till six on a Sunday and then we have the seniors uh, six till 7.30 on a Sunday. So yeah, that's my weekend really, feeling good. I'm off to Voss working next week. So yeah, all good here. Nice. Um, Do you kind of, is that what are your main training days then for your team? Is it is it mostly just Sundays or do you do during the week? No, so so we will we train Wednesdays and Sundays, and we're really quite lucky. We don't have to pay for our facilities or anything like that, and we we come. We've always trained on those days ever since since we started. Uh, we've added when the season was coming upon us last season. We uh, we did okay. We weren't terrific, but we were really lacking with conditioning. But when you only have three hours a week. <clears throat> Uh, for training we we just don't have time for conditioning because we're doing so much short of ball work so we've added a conditioning session which we're trying to build up and we do that on Fridays so the aim really is that we just do that purely to get people fitter because the fitter you are the more you're going to enjoy a game so that's something we introduced this year and it's it's paid off really with the the, the start of the season so conditioning yeah, on Fridays oh. yeah yeah be, Five to six. What better way to earn a beer, though, yeah? Well, I don't think that would work with our boys. <laughs> yeah. We we kind of found that, that we we were really slow out of the blocks the last season. And it was really something I picked up on, that we, we've got to start games and get control of them in the first 10 or 20 minutes. And and this season, we we, we the first game against Indra, Indra Vestland, we, we both teams were sloppy, and and our experience basically came through on the day. We've been playing league a lot longer. They're a new team, and and that's what won it for us really. But we it, we did okay, and Indra Vestland did okay. The second game against Sanders, I, I thought we 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 won that, but we really won it well. I was really happy for sixty minutes. We gave away a few tries at the end, where we were just lost our shape a bit and got a couple of injuries and things well the Sanders game I was re- really happy with so um, from where we were from where we were in 2019 when Arnie Arnie Torson really is the, the guy you want to speak to about how he formed it he, he's yeah he's the 100% everything successful in Hergeson is because of what Arnie's built and Arnie was playing for Porsgrunn Pirates which was an Oslo team um, he was playing there in university. Uh, I think he played three or, four, three or four seasons there. And I think he got to a final as well, post-run. They had quite a good team. I think they were a bit like an, you know, a university-type team with students and things. Then he came over to uh, Hergeson. I think he lived in Odda. Came down to Hergeson and he was training with Sandler's Raiders. And then eventually I, he, he set up Hergeson in 2019. Uh and from where he was there, I think he had three three guys at the first training or something like that, and they were just throwing the ball around. To then we got COVID, so we were sort of on on the way up, 
and then COVID hit and it was, ah, okay. Luckily, we managed to kind of just get through COVID and build up. And then um, our first competitive game, we played uh, Stavanger in the uh, elite game. Uh, we got absolute, yeah, we got absolutely drummed. Uh, 80. We scored that. We scored two tries. So we came out of that game. We were like, okay, we we can score two tries. I think it was 86-12 or something, 86-8 yeah. or so, something like that. But the, the confidence that gave us then, it was like, okay, you know, I mean, I think 75% of the lads had probably never played a rugby game before. So those first prop runs that come in and, you know, boom, well, welcome to rugby league because it's an intense, <laughs> fast-paced, intense, you know, hard-hitting game. Um, from where we were then to where we are now is is just fantastic. And it's credit to Arnie for the, for the work he's put in behind the scenes, you know, the, all the admin sponsorship you know what what he does on the pitch is 10 percent of of what he does off the pitch you know so he has to take a lot of credit and we've got some good senior guys as well you know five or six senior players who are keeping the standards high they're there at every training you know and so we've got a really good core You've, you've met the guys at snow rugby you know we've got a really good core of guys you know so yeah we're doing we're doing good Good. Um, obviously, you're not. You know, based on based on your accent, you're not from Norway. Can you maybe just briefly explain your your journey from how you ended up in in Norway and how you ended up playing rugby league as well? Yeah, yeah. So I played rugby when I was younger. Then I was working, started work, started a family. You lose you lose track of it. Um, I work with elevators. I'm an elevator technician, so. I was working all over the UK and everything. Uh, 2015, uh, I was coming to Norway to help a company. Uh, got to know the guys in Bergen. Uh, they offered me a job in, in Hergesund. Uh We moved to Hergesund. Pretty straightforward decision. You know, things things were okay. It wasn't a disaster in the UK, but it was kind of time for a new time for a new change. And you know. Norway has its, yeah, like anywhere, has its pros and cons, but we, we felt two young kids that it was kind of the right thing to do. So I ended up in Hergeson, uh 2015, I think. I was really busy working a couple of years. Then things kind of settled down. Kids got a bit older, started to get a bit more free time and things like that. And then, like you do, I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get back into it. Did a Google like you do on a Facebook, found the Hergeson Seagulls. One thing with, with Ergerson is the social media is really is always been really good. So when I saw it, I, I sort of messaged, "Ah, do you, do you have like a senior team, like an over thirty fives?" I can, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we have a senior team. Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. This is the training." So I thought, "Oh, great!" I go and play in the scene, and I turned up, and there's like five guys, and I was like, "Okay," and he's like, "No, no, this is this is the club. This is us." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So it's no senior team, and he's like, "No, no, it's not like that in Norway." Then. They're explaining them, and then you sort of realise. I didn't even know it was rugby league at the time. I just thought it was a rugby rugby union because it was all I kind of knew. So I was introduced by league at that first training. Okay, this is league. It's it's slightly different. So I kind of dropped into that and then watched NRL, uh, you know, watched the Aussie uh, league. Uh, I couldn't really get into the into English league. Probably not. A bit more. But I can watch the NRL all day. I love the, you know, and and uh, so yeah, I started watching that. Then the more I got into it, uh, it's, it's bloody tough. It's a it's a tough old game. No. So you're from you're from uh, you're from a union background then in in England. Yeah, yeah, because that's all you know. Even though I was from the north, uh, Stockport had a, had a rugby union club. Um, Didsbury, I think, had a club. Burnage had a club. So I think there's like three or four just in Stockport Union clubs. The league clubs are all sort of like Saddleworth, Oldham, Witness, you know. So I never really, I never really followed it. And I've always been a rugby fan, but I've always been like an All Blacks fan, Six Nations. Um, yeah. So when I started playing league, it took a while to. It took us really to start the seasons before to start playing competitive games when I really started to understand the the differences of it. And 
from um from from playing the games then i realized okay I'm, i mean i'm 40 now I, I can i can play one game and then i don't walk for two weeks you know <laughs> and my job's quite physical my, my job's quite physical so play playing is it's okay you know there's no problem but coaching really is more where i've gone in the last year or two and uh, it's kind of freed Arnie up a bit in the club because he's still young and he's in his prime, you know, and it's allowed Arnie really to to be the captain, to play, to enjoy playing and training a bit more. If, you know, if he's got somebody who can run the sessions and control the sessions, control the match day. I mean, I, play, I played this season a bit. Uh, so I'll still play this. I'll still play this season and I'll just take it each season as it goes, you know. If we get a big squad and I don't need to, that's f- that's fine for me. I can just focus on coaching. Tom, um, this sounds exactly. Uh, this sounds exactly like your little setup, Tom. But you're ten, eleven, years eleven years younger. Eleven yeah. years younger. <laughs> yeah, but I'm from the Midlands. I'm not from the North. I'm not that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that tough. His knees are fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his my knees are my knees are okay. Oh, my knees are so okay. My, my problem is, my, my problem is dead legs. I I just seem so susceptible to dead legs. I don't know if it's my terrible tackling technique or what, but I, I just always end up with dead legs that take me a week to to walk again. It, it's crazy. Sorry, maybe I'm maybe just lucky. Does tackle technique and rugby league kind of go together? I don't really think it does. Well, I I've I've done all the coaching. Um, courses up to European uh, European level in it and spent a lot of time coaching, I coached uh, the under 19s national team uh, we call it under 19s it, it, it's generally an under 19s uh, badge but we, we kind of this year we kind of call it a development squad because as you know Norway, you know there isn't 200 players who are around that age group you know we've got around 30 i think in our group maybe seven or maybe six or seven or under 19 level maybe so but we kind of call it a development squad and eventually we will go we will select an under 19 group from that development squad and an under 16s so we've kind of started to work on the infrastructure of how we get the youth um, plan through through rugby league. We've got a guy, uh, Tim Jones. He's a he's a great guy. Rugby league through and through, from uh, um, from Huddersfield. Uh, all he knows is rugby league from since when he was young. He doesn't he, he doesn't know anything else. Brilliant coach. He comes over. Uh, he's he's the head coach. I've been working with him. He's been great. Um, he's really got training down to a T. Tackling. You know, and and to be honest, I, yeah, in the first games you can kind of it does kind of look a mess, but when you when you when you get the coaching side of the tackle technique, we we do something really really simple is we just work on locking up the ball and getting our hips into players and locking the ball up. So we do full contact training all the time, but we're really working on locking the ball up and securing the ball. We have a few players who who are, who really really good and played all their life and they can tip tackle properly safely and we, we can sort the rook out there we have some players who never tackle before or might come to training so then we start from the beginning and we do the tackle basics so in Hergerson I would say we probably work on tackle technique and tackling for at least 25% 30% of a session we, we're really heavy on it and uh, defence as well is most of our session is defense is is really getting that structure and and getting solid in defense the attacking play you can usually leave to your best players and you can usually trust the the attack will will generally play out so we do some attacking structure but our main thing is how solid are we in defense those first 20 minutes of a game we don't want to concede anything and we just take the attacks as they come and we go to our kind of default moves just to sort of keep possession. So tackling in defence, yeah, there's always going to be high tackles and head knocks. And and generally I've found if people are getting head injuries in league, it's because they're stooping 
into tackles and they're trying to do tackles that they shouldn't be doing and they should just be locking the ball up. You know, so we we we're big on that and we've learned a few lessons uh, in contact when we in our first season. Yeah, we had a few players that never played before and you you run, you you run into Lillestrøm and Oslo and these guys are internationals, Aussies, New Zealanders, you know, expats, they've been playing for years and they're they're out there to you know to show people who's boss, you know, from the first minute. So you've got to sharp up quickly in this kind of league, you know. But I think I'm quite happy with, with what we do tackle-wise and I don't think it needs any major changes for me. Yeah. I think I think the world rugby laws, the way it's going in union in this this sort of hip tackle, I heard you guys talking a few podcasts ago on this, uh, it, it wouldn't work in league. It's the, the way the game is. You absolutely forget it. It's, it's never going to work in league. I don't, think, I don't think it's going to work in Union either. But um, yeah, we can. Uh, no. <laughs> but what I mean, so you say you 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 talked a lot about kind of um, you do quite contact heavy training sessions. Um, what kind of what kind of team are you? Because I've I mean I've I've not I've not seen you boys in person, but I've heard that you quite you've got a few big lumps in your team, and you're 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 quite a you're quite a big team. What kind of what kind of rugby yeah, so, league do you say you play? So, so, so we, yeah, we have some big, big props. But when you have big guys who are 120, 30 kilos, they ain't running hard lines for eighty minutes. No, no. there's just physic physically that's not happening. So my kind of philosophy in the way I've got us now is that we're just super hard in defence, and our my idea is that we have two. So, so in league, you will have a six and seven, almost like your 10 and 12, let's say, your ball players. So the way we do it is we kind of want our halfbacks in the middle and they're sort of the anchors for the play. So we want the second rows, the props and the centres. We want those forming plays around our halfbacks. So we, we, we get the ball out of the rook as, as quick as we can to the halfbacks. And our halfbacks are big guys. This is on purpose because we don't want to be shifting them out in defense we want them in the middle all the time so a lot some teams will have small halfbacks sort of 80 kilo guys 70 kilo and the problem is in defense they've got to shift out to the wide because then you have props running through yeah. so we want to keep our middle really we want to uh, my idea is that we keep the, the middle really solid with our six and seven and all our plays anchor from six and seven so we, we literally if we see a gap We've got a, a, a good 13. We've got a good nine. He's a hard runner, Marius. Good 13, Simon. Th th you know, these are good players. They're going to hit the gaps and we set up the next players. And our aim is is literally, we don't want to just be known as a big smash team. In defense, that's okay. But in attack, you know, we want to play the ball, find the gaps, spread it wide, get the wingers involved. And in, in league, you, you kind of, the way we train is, I kind of want everybody to play every position. Yeah, I want a winger to come in and have a run in in the middle. Totally. Uh, you, yeah, you watch the NRL and you you got wingers who would be props over here. You know, mm. uh, so so my kind of and also if you've got if you're in your you're in your own defense line, you need to get out of trouble. And your winger happens to pick it up. It's no good if he ain't gonna run into someone to get you set up. You know, so we 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 aim for that. Everybody can play everywhere. We shift it around. Obviously, we have. 130 kilo props so I'm not going to tell them to play on the wing you know but the, the they will move they will go out they will go out to the outside outside center sort of if they need two minutes you know that, that's how the game can go so our philosophy is that you know we, we don't just want to be known as a big smash up team and if you watch us generally we're not we do try and and play the ball around I kind of like what our Stavanger is when we've played Stavanger in league you know they have big boys who can run the lines and they have Rory who can sling it about and they play and they, they, they make the runs and they have the shape. So it's kind of the same really as that, you know. So, yeah. I guess um, you've got to have a, a few characters in your team. Um, I don't know if there's a, like any people you, you would you would want to give a shout out to. Or surely we've got to start. Embarrass. Surely we've, surely we've got to start with our favourite our favourite bloke, the podcast's favourite bloke, Mr. Cards. Yeah. So I need to correct. I think, I think there was a mistake on this, but the first card was Stefan. 
So Stefan is from Romania, and he, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and he'll tell me. I think he's a Romanian international for the Romanian Union team. So Stefan is, uh, yeah, he's a great good bloke, but he is a hard runner, and he has a technique of running. You know, with he'll carry the ball on the chest and he'll hit the arms out as people are running into him. So he's almost bouncing guys off him, you know. And the yellow card was in that game. All right. He did it once and he was warned about it. He did it a second time and he was sent off. So my kind of argument was he should have been booked the first time if it was a problem, and then he wouldn't have had to have been sent off. But I'm not the referee, so we, we respect it. No problem with that. And we've we've talked about it after. So um, I think Marius as well, I think he, he was a yellow card in... Uh, so Marius is our number nine. I call him the baby rhino because he's just charging in with his with his head at people and trying to knock people out like that. <laughs> so, well, that's fine. That's what he does. Uh, so he was yellow carded in, in the Sandness game, the, the recent game, but that was just for a clothesline tackle. The guy's head was probably still rolling down the pitch now. But, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it, the, these things can happen in the speed of the game. You know, it's a fast game as people get tired and, and so on. But uh, w- one thing with Stefan, we, we, we occasionally get new people coming to, tra- new guys coming to training and and uh, Stefan's of like sort of Eastern Europe, very, very blunt to the point. And uh, one, one kid is sort of running, doesn't run the right way, run, puts his head in the wrong place. And Stefan is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you want to die? <laughs> so he's like, he has this really blunt sort of, do you want to die? kind of uh, thing. So we've had a few young sort of players come and they're like, they take one look at him and they're like, mm, okay. But we had a guy, he, 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 we had a guy called Carol. He is a great guy. He's from Poland. Unfortunately, he doesn't train anymore. He has um, a lot of work commitments and some businesses and things. And, and um, but he was the same. He was just an absolute machine. If you ask anybody uh, about Carol, yeah, I think he played for Sanders originally and then he, he moved to Ferguson, but he was just absolute you wouldn't go near him. You you were just, yeah. He's like a bomb, one man bomb squad. So yeah, we got, yeah, it's good. It's mad how it's mad how these these boys just pop up and like because Alexon's yeah. not a big place, is it? And it's sort of no, it's no, and it's it's quite it's not like an industry. Yeah, and you just like a Romanian ex international and Romania are decent, like they're. In the second division of European rugby, aren't they? But well, they just won the World Cup this year, or yeah, they nearly got to the World Cup, or they are in the World Cup. Yeah, I don't know, but they're like good. They're like a really good team, and yeah, yeah. and, and the Romanian prop just turns up in Halgersons and then and then turns up to your training sessions. Just no, no, he was a hooker. He, he was right, a hooker. Okay. He was a he was a nine, and but over here he's not a nine. But I mean, he's he's in his late forties now, so we we just want ten minutes out of him. Yeah, it's just a bomb squad. So we kind of have this joke with uh, we have three sort of big props and we just sort of want them as the like South Africa do, you know, just bring the bomb squad on. That's kind of how we, you know, how we use them. And uh, and you got to remember, this is an amateur game. So, you know, as while, while I'm trying to get people to come to conditioning sessions and get the conditioning, you know, it's, it's individuals what they want to do, you know. Uh, so you've got to remember that. But, you know, I think, I think people like that. You need them. You need these characters in the team, and you need them to to even just for, for for like you say for tackling technique, for example, just to pull up, just to pull people up. And you know, he has his way of saying it, and I'm laughing about it. But he, he he's really good at sort of stopping the training and saying, "Listen, guys, uh, we can't be doing this. We have to do this. This isn't you know." And he can come in and sort of fix things, and yeah. So you you need people like that to to come in and yeah. Is he is he just as strict on a night out or a social? Um, no, well the the last time I think I think Mike Pride actually felt his wrath because he he brought some home brewed Romanian ninety percent liquor that was I think it was glowing in in the bottle. Some moonshine. I think Mike ended up, yeah yeah exactly that. I think Mike ended up having. Uh, having a shot of it, the way Mike's Norwegian and English merge into Norwengelsk when he's had a few drinks, you know, and that's exactly what he was like. Uh, 
after one game we had. I think Mike played with us because he was helping us when we, in the first season, Mike was Mike was coming down to play for us, uh, which was really good. So after one of those nights out, he had the luminous uh, moonshine. So yeah, but I wouldn't <laughs> catch me drinking that stuff. <laughs> but he drinks it like water as well, Stefan. But it doesn't affect. Yeah, I, I, it, I think at the last uh, Christmas party, they think him and Carol think they put a bottle of whiskey. Oh, maybe it was two Christmases ago. I don't remember. Just put a bottle of whiskey away like it was nothing. I think if, if I had two shots of whiskey, I'd have a three-day hangover. You know, <laughs> I'd be out of it for two days. Uh, but these guys, you just put it away in two, in one sitting. Yeah. So yeah, they're they built differently over there in terms of alcohol consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. We've, that's, yeah, we've covered a lot of stuff there. So, I mean, for you over the next kind of two or three years, what 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 are you? What's your objectives as a club? Uh, first of all, to win the win the league this year. Um, we've qualified for the final already. Unfortunately, Oslo didn't make the game yesterday. I think they were struggling with the travelling, which is quite a common thing over here. So. We totally understand that, and we're, we're we were in good dialogue with them in the week, and we were trying to help them. Uh, I know they were trying to find players, and and they, they were trying to do everything they could. Unfortunately, they just couldn't make it happen yesterday. So we got a point. We got a point from that forfeit, which put us in the final. I think the worst we can finish now is second. So first first goal this year is that is to win that. That's pretty much all we're building towards now. Um, we have a, a final game against Lillestrøm which we'll use uh, to base, basically prepare for that final. Um, in the long term, we've got, we got the kids. Our kids range from sort of 8 till 12, so we don't have any immediate sort of 16-year-old, 17, that we want to sort of bring into the adult team. So that's one little project I'm trying to work on. I have um, I have a contract with the NRF as an RDO in Ergersund. So... Um, I'm building on that again. It's just the time, you know. And I'm, I'm, I put some feelers out into schools, and we got a little university here, so I've got a list of sort of tasks I need to, yeah, chase up and start working on that. Um, so get the youth, build the youth as as, as much as we can. Keep recruiting. You guys know how it is, you know, re- recruiting for rugby clubs. And you know, one week you got fifteen at training, the next week you have got six, and people are working, and so. Build the recruitment up, you know, try and uh, I think Stavanger, talking to Glenn, I think they have really good numbers, you know, they can have 25 at a training, I think, sometimes. Mm. So so that's kind of what our target is, to sort of get to a number where we can sort of have a good game, you know, for half an hour every training with sort of nine aside or or, or something like that. So that's a target for us. Um, yeah, the youth, um, building up sponsorship, you know, that's important. Arnie works. Day and night, we've been really lucky with with the work Arnie's done and the sponsors he's got in uh, for the club. You know, it kind of makes away games easier, less pressure on the players. You know, I think we one year we took two planes up to Trondheim, a hotel. You know, it, it's expensive for players. So, you know, as much as the, we do as a club, it's building that kind of commercial side of it as much as you can. You know, to take to be able to take. 17 players, two plane rides up to Trondheim kind of thing, you know. Mm. Arnie, Arnie works, Arnie does great on that. And I know he works with the rugby league uh, uh, on the admin side of rugby league as well. Uh, I got the under-19s national team, this development squad, which that's going really well. We got 25 in the Spond group who are, and usually a good 20 out of that are going to be at a, at a camp. And we usually have a two-day camp. I think we've got a couple of games planned for early 24 against um, Czech Republic, I think, and Serbia. I think we have two games there that we're going to build towards. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's that's the plans, really. We're bu- it's, it's really busy. I'm, I think I'm in, we have a training camp in the beginning of August in Farsund. We just had one in Oslo a couple of weeks ago. We had one in Sanchez a month or so ago, two months ago. So, yeah, super busy with that, and yeah, just keep building it. God, it sounds yeah. It's 
it's easy even even being in Norway when it's you know it's not it's not a massive sport here and and it's it's very amateur it still can take over your life can't it oh i mean yeah it's crazy i mean uh, and that's why i don't get involved in any politics with anything because that would make it a full-time job or it would make it a yeah. double full-time job so i i've said to everybody all i'm really interested in is the grassroots putting the boots on and, and going on the pitch yeah. everything outside of that i've got no interest in it at all union league sevens it's it's all it's all fine it's all the same for me if if uh if we had union in Hergeson, it would be union we have league, so that's great. I put everything into league because that's that's what we have. You know, all the, all the politics, I just completely stay out of it. I'm not interested in it one bit. It will eventually get sorted out. And uh, I'm I'm you know I think with the youth with the RDO role as well. I think we we, we work on code free uh, rugby. So my kind of philosophy with that is what I talked with the NRF about was if we have ten kids who want to do a rugby day in Hergeson. We'll, we do it code-free, it's no problem. If those 10 kids want to play for Hergeson, then it, it sort of merges into a league club. If one of them moves to Stavanger and he wants to play Union, then he goes and joins up with Stavanger. If they want to go up to Bergen, they go up to Bergen, play Union up there. So for me, it's it's the league and Union thing is kind of geographical. You know, it's where you are, what club is local to you, you know, and, and, and that's the kind of way I see it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for us, like it is. It is just. It's quite a a hard a hard sell, really. Like it's a hard thing. I mean, you get it in even in the professional game in Australia and England and stuff. It's compa- they're competing against each other and mm. kind of, um, you know, it's they're not they're not working together. But I just you know, and I just think in a country that's so small with such a small playing population, having two codes is just mad. Like it just seems yeah. to me like quite strange. Cause if you, if everyone was playing, you know, it could be league, it could be union, it could be whatever, mm. you know, if everyone was playing the same game, we'd have about 10 or 11 or 12 teams in the, in a, in a league and it'd be a really good league. Um, yeah. As it's split and, down the middle, it's quite, a, it's, it's quite a shame that you only, you know, we don't know anything about you because we play union, you play league, and we've never, you know, the snow rugby, yeah, yeah. I guess, was one of them. But it's a shame that there's nothing, not more crossover events. Yeah, and and one thing we're working on, you probably don't hear about it, but in the background, in the groups that I'm in, NRF and 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 the youth tri- coaches in in Bergen, Farsund, we're we're all working together, but you just kind of don't see it. So. Mm-hmm. All the youth coaches in the un- in the in the club's cross code are, are working together in effect. So on the west coast, we have groups where we're working on on okay, we, we we're going to do three league trainings and we'll do three union trainings. So we're, we're basically we're, on the west coast, we're we're totally working together. There's no uh, there's no favor favor either way. We're we're, mm. we're working together. So Bergen, I mean, we've had training days with Bergen. Uh, we've had training days with Stavanger. Uh, and and I, I don't think really there's much of an issue on the West Coast. We all work together. We plan things together. Stavanger, we're, we're at the training day today, Stavanger. And I was coaching either Stavanger lads, uh, Stavanger players on my side, and I was playing with them. And they were union. They, they don't know, they know a bit of league rules. So I was just coaching the league rules. They all enjoyed it. I had a great day. You know, the next one, they might do a sevens, you know, and then just do that, you know, do a union thing. So the, over on the West Coast, as far as I see it, the, there's not really much of an issue. I think the only issue really is when it gets to the senior level and then you have the two leagues and then you have a lot of players who want to play rugby and then they kind of, there's misinformation about the fixtures setting them up and then you have a bit of clashing or you have a league fixture when it's NM7s or you have, you know, so you kind of have a bit of clashing with the seasons. I think, I think once that's sorted out, I think I think it will fix itself. So you know, I don't think it will be. Uh, I don't think it will go like that. I think there's a lot of good people in Norway now who who are starting to work. I mean, if you take Mike Pratt, for example, you guys know him. what he's done up there is pretty extraordinary. 
uh, in the way he's built that from nothing in a couple of years. And he's got a team together who just beat Lillestrom in, in a league, who's beat the champions of last year in a game. Mm. And he's gone from from where, where he was to where that is. So he, he's a classic example of showing you how you can work. He, he's a union guy. How, how you can work in, into uh, having, a, having a good league team, having a sevens team. Uh, you know, so it can be done, and there's a look. There's a lot of good people now who are working behind the scenes to to kind of get the nonsense away. You know, and it, it will go eventually. There's too many. There's too many good people working on it now. You know, and and like when we do snow rugby and we meet you guys and we sort of talk, you kind of opens up a whole new world. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, Ergerson, the Sanders Raiders, blah blah blah. You have this league, and the, it kind of opens up to it. Um. So I think going forward, in the next few years, it will be it'll be way better. I think. I mean, the West. Yeah, I think what Amazing. what the guys have done on the West Coast in the last few years has been has been brilliant, and I definitely think we can if we replicate that in the East. Um, like Dime Down in Christian Sun now, and they've got a really good set of people building this club, building a club down here that's only been going for a couple of months, um, and I just think. The more clubs you have, the more games you can drive to, which yeah, yeah. is that's a massive thing. Is being able to do you yeah. know drive to a game that isn't you know nine hours to get there, and you have to stay over, and then you have to drive back. Like that, it's just it just changes it yeah. completely. Yeah, and and down down your neck of the woods, you've got Farsund Rugby League Club, and and you have a, a lady called Miriam who who is who, who is running that. She's just fantastic admin side of things organizing the youth i think farsund have 20 odd youth players uh, yeah you know they're traveling she, she's organizing traveling taking them up taking them all to oslo to, to do a training and she's just doing amazing things for rugby league so uh you know people like that who who are now involved and and starting to get more prominent roles in in the federation yeah is is only going to be positive you know and you got kimmy kimmy and sanders He's twenty four seven. He's on everything, you know. He, he's organising. He's sorting out venues for the final. He's sorting out, you know, you name it. And he's, you ask him for something, and he's is there and he's sorting it out, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of good people involved now, you know. I've I've I was actually I've been working with Miriam over the past week or two uh, on some other things. Okay. she's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, big big shout out to her. Um, yeah. Steve, this has been super interesting about you know, everything that you guys are doing down there, it seems you're going in the right direction. Um, yeah, I think best of luck to, to yourself and, and and the team this season. Hopefully uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice to see a, a league trophy in the West Coast. Um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but quickly before before we we'll, before we let you leave, um, what are your summer plans away from rugby? You're going to try and take a break, do something nice. Yeah, so we're going to Portugal uh, end of August. So I got two. I got a fifteen-year-old and ten-year-old daughters. So fifteen-year-old is working really hard. She's a swimmer. She's all over Norway swimming. She's in Bergen this weekend. Oslo, Stavanger, Christian Sand. She's all over. So she's just finished now. So she's got a good summer coming now. Have a good rest. Uh, yeah, the missus has just got a new job. She's happy with that. So we're going to have a nice summer, a little bit of celebration, go to Portugal, come back, and then, yeah, start it all again. <laughs> Amazing, mate. Well, yeah. Um, I've got, sorry, I've got just one final thing. Who's winning State of Origin on Wednesday? Mm, I don't know. It's a tough call. I watched a game in Mallorca last year, the, the, the last game of the three series, and it was the best game of rugby league I've ever seen. So I'm going to say I'm going to say Queensland. Good man. I think that too. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> I love those games because they're just like the all-star games. You know, they're, they're brilliant, aren't they? Some of the some of the players there, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Even yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today, mate. Um, yeah, take a well-deserved break tonight and enjoy your summer. Will do. Thanks for having me on, guys. See you later. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye, bye. Nice. Seems like a lot of uh, a lot of stuff's happening on the west coast. God, it's uh, 
yeah i mean i didn't realize it was that it was that it was that buzzing on the west coast yeah. to be honest looks great what uh, you know yeah and and it's all down to just people who are passionate and you give a shit and you work really hard and don't get anything back in return i guess apart from seeing a club grow which is a great thing to see but yeah shout out to all those people you mentioned what a what a fantastic um what a fantastic thing they're doing and it just shows like the game's if the game's good it's, re- it's it, it can grow and sustain itself like people play rugby because it's fun and it and people want to you know the game's good whatever it is union or league and uh, i think they're seeing that on the west coast as the people you know the people turning up to play and keep yeah. retaining people and building clubs i think it's i think it's brilliant I think I think we might need to tell Tom the the rules of rugby. I think after the past two weeks, he's probably just uh, forgotten everything about the sport and uh, just been enjoying the massive bender he's been on. I think he's forgotten everything about everything. <laughs> yeah, I have to be honest. I have. <laughs> so, so just quickly tell us, Tom. Like you explain your explain your past twenty four hour period. My last twenty-four hour period. Uh when did that start? What what hour are we on now? Eight. So twenty-four hours ago. I was I was dancing twenty-four hours ago. Dancing yeah, in, with where, where were you? I was in Rhodes. I was in Rhodes with my watching one of my mates get married. Can't remember which mate it was now, to be honest. In, <laughs> It was one of them. I'm pretty sure it's my mate. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. But yeah, no, I was on the dance floor dancing to like all the classics that I can't remember the names of. And yeah, just having a good time. And then uh, about 3.30, I left the, the wedding and went straight to the airport to get a 6.30 flight <laughs> from Rhodes. From Rhodes to Athens. No, yeah, Rhodes to Athens. But have you noticed the airports now? They started like making the seats like impossible to lie across. So the whole airport was empty. There was like three people there. Yeah, and all the these departure lounge in the departure lounges. Yeah, yeah, they and there's all these arms that you can't move, haven't they? Yeah, so I'm looking at them like just, I just need to lie down and like get like an hour or so sleep here. I couldn't because so I ended up. There was one where it was like two seats next to each other, and then there was like the divider. So I had my feet. Like my legs were like bent over the divider, and I was lying on my back on that for about two hours, and it was bliss. As I was uh, getting a double americano because I wanted to like sleep a little bit, but I didn't want to be uh, missing my flight because once I go to sleep, like sometimes there's no waking me. I didn't want to wake up like nine o'clock in the evening. <laughs> Did you turn up in your suit to the airport? No, I changed. I changed, but I wasn't wearing a suit anyway. I was wearing like a Greek top. Yeah. Hate suits. If I've got any excuse to get out of a suit, I'm not wearing one. But the, the groom was wearing a suit. The groom was wearing, like, no, didn't have a jacket, but he had, like, a waistcoat on. And he sweat all the way through it. Like, during the ceremony, he had no idea whether it was sweat or tears. Honestly, it was hot, man. Yeah, because uh, he had his stag on the Thursday night as well. And that that's, was... Uh, that's insane. So he had his stag... Is he had his stag on the Thursday in Greece, in the same place? Yeah. Yeah, we went out in Rhodes. On then, the Thursday night, and then he had his wedding on Saturday. On Saturday, but we all, but the, everyone who was there for the wedding got drinks on Friday night as well. So didn't go to bed till like two on Friday night. Jeez, did the did the think... bride have a hendy on the Thursday as well? No, she had a hendy like well before, so she was like wise. Yeah, so, uh, Are you we were in the conversation. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm going to have my stag two days before. She'd be like, what? Uh, what? Yeah, I'm going to have it two days before the wedding. No, you're not. Right. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so the guy who got married, he's called Jack. And like, that's why I associate the name Jack with. So can you imagine how boring you are to me, Jack? Because <laughs> I know, I know another Jack. And this, this lad, he is nuts. He's the youngest brother. He's the youngest. There's four brothers and he's the youngest one. And all his other, I think, no, the the two elder ones, the two middle ones, they're like, one of them's uh, like 
an international athlete. The other one's been an international athlete. They're wild. They're just... I was sat at this table and I was like, I was like the 15th best sportsman there. Still embarrassing. <laughs> On his stag. Just there like, God, that's... Yeah, he's, played, he's gone to the Olympics. He's gone to the Olympics. He's got a scholarship for God knows what running over there. He's a professional volleyball player. There's a professional rugby player. And then there's me. Is scored a goal when I was 12. We didn't go to the same school, no, but he's from a, he's from the same village. Oh, right. He went to a different uh, school. But yeah, he was he's nuts, man. On his stag do, like usually on the stag do, you have to like force the guy to drink. This guy was like, where's my shots? At like 6.30, he's like, we haven't even all the starters yet. And he's like wanting to shot and get into his costume and everything straight away. Demanding to down beers. Like, do I down this one? Can I down this one? And he was up till like four in the morning, dangling off like rooftops or whatever he was doing. Like, there's like pictures of him like climbing like a monkey everywhere. I wasn't at the point. I'd already gone by then. I was like, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. And at 10 o'clock the next day on Friday, he was in a meeting for his wedding. And he he reliably informed us that he was absolutely battered in seeing him. He said he saw he saw his wedding planner about six times. <laughs> See six of her during his plan for his wedding. Unbelievable. Yeah. Good. That, that's good. And he's, yeah. and he's podding today. Good. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. All that shit. All that shit we talked about you last week. Well, uh... yeah, I listened to that pod, but I was like slightly hammered at the time, so I can't remember much of it. <laughs> Don't worry, we just slagged you off. Yeah, big <laughs> but you've proved us oh, wrong. Yeah. You've proved us wrong, mate. So well done and good luck with the recovery, I guess, or the detox, whatever you're going to do now. Never drink again, really. That's the plan now. Bad enough. I'm absolutely shitting it for my stag dude. Absolutely shitting it. You shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll invite Jack. He'll get you nicely, yeah. Uh, Mashed oh, up. God. Um, I think there'll be enough people who's gonna he's gonna get me mashed up, so it'll be fine. That's Speaking of mashed up, yesterday <laughs> I was at the football match, the Norway, Norway and Scotland, and beforehand we were having some beers in town in uh, one of the pubs on Carl Johan. And this random Scotsman, he had like a rucksack and his he was like going all over the place. He was absolutely hammered, like he was wobbling all over the street. This is like three in the afternoon and his lips are like going the opposite directions like he's gurning like he's just he's just off it <laughs> and then he, he comes up to me opens up his rucksack brings out like two massive cats and morgan's bottles which are clearly from the duty free and the massive thing give jaeger as well and he was like in some totally incomprehensible scottish was like do you want some of this and um, get a drink down your sort of thing and I was like, I'm not touching a single thing those lips have been on. <laughs> he was an absolute state of a human being. I oh, mean, there must have been some, there must have been some states yesterday, before and after the game. Incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. The Scots, bloody hell, the Tartan Army, they are a lot of fun. Um, are you saying that yeah. Scottish people can drink? Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, we're in the Scotsman after in the, in the pub in Collier and I'm like, we're in the downstairs bit, like the basement club thing. And they were like, people were just like singing on tables, like dancing on tables. Duncan from the club was there. So I, we went up with Duncan beforehand for a beer. So Duncan was there with his dad and his uncle um, who look exactly like him. They're literally just older versions of Duncan. <laughs> it's amazing. And then we met up with them afterwards as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, they were... They were properly, uh, people were really on it yesterday. Yeah. And there's actual Scottish people in kilts, not someone whose grandma's from Scotland who thinks kilts. Everyone, everyone there wants kilts. Yeah. The, the best thing is, I was actually sat, we were sat in the home end. There was four of us in the home end. Um, it's like the Norwegian side. And we were like, there were two, like three rows behind us, there were two other Scottish guys, but that was it. So when we scored, when Scotland scored like the two goals at the end, and we were going mental, literally the entire stand was just like looking at us. That's, you'd only get away with that in Norway. Yeah. If yeah. that was in Norway, if that was in the other way around, and there was two Norwegians in the uh, in the Scottish end, and Nor- Norway were winning at um, Ibrox or whatever, it that would uh, they'd need to get out of there fast. <laughs> yeah. I get it. 
But yeah, it was. Uh... They'd have all sorts of shit thrown at them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was, no, it was a good day. We just uh, we're definitely feeling it this morning, but or this afternoon rather. But uh, yeah, yeah, kind of good to watch another sport for once. Not really seen much international football. So yeah, yeah, Scotland won that. Scotland won that game, didn't they? Two goals and three in the first goal was in the eighty third minute. The second goal was in the eighty seventh minute. Ooh. So they got two goals in the last five minutes of the match to win it. Yeah, and it was they scored awesome. just just as Holland came off the pitch. Oh. Yeah. So I don't think he was a happy boy. Yeah. No. No wonder that was a party after that. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. But yeah, um, um yeah, so let's let's get away from uh, the football chat and a bit of rugby. So I think uh, I don't know where to start. Really, I suppose this this weekend the women were playing in the Norwegian sevens team. Women seventeen, they were playing in Croatia. I think it was Zagreb. Yeah, Zagreb. Yeah, that is Croatia. Um, yeah, came in eleventh place. Which uh, yeah, I don't think it's too bad. Um, I don't know how it aligns with their goals, but fair play to them. There were some proper teams in that though. I think weren't there? Yeah. I think, Ukraine, uh, I think the Ukrainian women's team ended up winning the whole thing. Um, I think I saw online. Uh, the Ukrainian men, the Ukrainian men won as well. Did they? Yeah. Nice. Fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well done to all the ladies there. Um, and I think the other big one this weekend was the the top fourteen final. Uh, Tell you what, mate. Sorry, just before just before that, the rugby Europe stuff is awesome. Like, yeah. The the coverage, the website, like the being able oh, to watch cool. stuff and everything is brilliant. Like, it's absolutely brilliant. It's better than like normal. I was trying to find like top fourteen scores and stuff. You can't find it. Rugby Europe. You can find like Latvia versus Belarus women's sevens score cool. like highlights, all that kind of stuff. It's brilliant. Well, they got they do like literally every international game live, all the tournaments live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing something pretty good over there, I guess. Yeah, I know, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, so speaking of the top 14, Toulouse and La Rochelle. Um, I will admit I didn't watch the game because I was um, pretty intoxicated by that point. But saw the highlights today. Um, did you have a Scotland yeah. shirt on, by the way? No, I well, no, I didn't. But I somehow acquired, acquired a Scotland flag. Oh. I don't know how, like, you know that yellow one with the red dragon? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Royal Scotland, I don't know, whatever. But I, I genuinely have no idea how, but I acquired it, and it's now in my flat. Um, Yeah, so I had that the whole day. Get rid of it. Try and fit in, yeah. Um, same with a bonfire night. Get rid of it now. But yeah, I watched the I watched the highlights of the top fourteen final uh, literally about an hour ago. Um, for me, Antimac epitomizes French rugby, or maybe French rugby from six years ago, in the sense that he can just do nothing. Then out of nowhere, he can just win a game. Yeah, he can be shite for seventy eight minutes and then yeah. win the game on his own at the end. Yeah, yeah, mad. But it's it's like he just decided, you know what, guys, just give me the ball and I'll score. Yeah, and final as well against La Rochelle. It was <laughs> mental. And the other, I think for me, like the other player, not just in the final, but like the whole tournament uh, or, or the whole of the top 14, uh, Kerr Barlow, the scrum half for La Rochelle. He's clad. I know Dupont will get all the headlines, but Kerr Barlow is incredible. Do you reckon he'll be in the Australia World Cup squad? Oh, because he'd be another. Because they've only allowed to. I don't know if Eddie's going to tell everyone to fuck off in the uh, in the suits and say I'm going to pick who I want. But they're only allowed three players, overseas players, yeah. aren't they? But he's put his hand up for. Even though he's an all he's an all black, isn't he? But he hasn't played for three or four yeah. years, maybe even more than that, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, maybe longer. But he's class and he's massive for a nine. He's like six foot two or something. Yeah, and he's like a he's like a Mike Phillips type. Yeah, like crash ball nine, except you can actually pass it. 
But what what they what they did, which was so clever, right? To lose when so not to lose uh, La Rochelle when they scored. So when he scored, they were having like a pick and go on their own line, and then they knew they're going to get it out wide, but then they didn't put hit they didn't put Kerbalo as the number nine. They literally put him as like the first receiver. And then they got like the prop or something like that just to go nine. And it was like, you could see it was rehearsed. And then the pop, the, the prop just gave like a short pass to Kerbalo and he just went straight under, like under the defense and scored. It was, yeah, yeah you'd see it, but it was a really clever move. But yeah. I wonder if this it. is, because there's some absolute mutants on show in this game, like absolute mutants. Skelton versus Miyafu. Antonio versus that Toulouse front row. I wonder. It's must. I wonder what the total weight of the players in this game was. It must be getting to like close to record levels. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but yeah, and then you plus like so you've got all these massive, massive units, and then you've got a bit of you know of the Fijian, Tongan, South African flair out wide. So there, there'll be a, there was a lot of players on show that we'll see in the World Cup later this year. And uh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aki, Aki, the the center, he, he plays twelve, doesn't he? For Toulouse, yeah. He plays with Tonga. He's class. Tonga are gonna have such a good backline in in the World Cup. Imagine they could have like who who would it be? Sorry, we were saying they're gonna have Aki, 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 Flekito centers, and then the back three is Pietal, Pietal, and then they've got the I can't remember the name of the other winger, but he's also incredibly good. Yeah. And then Augustine Pulu at number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. And also, um, Gregory Aldrich, amazing, isn't he? Yes. I watched the highlights again just now, and all the highlights are basically him just running through people. <laughs> like, he doesn't look that big either. Like, he's not, you see him, he's not like, I mean, he's big, but he's not like Dwayne Zemulin size, is he? No. But he just runs yeah. through. Like people can't yeah. tackle him. He just runs through everyone. It's mad. He's, he's the... gonna. He's gonna ruin people at the World Cup. Unfortunately, France is gonna be so good. Yeah, France really so so good. Tom, you got nothing to to add to this. You've been extremely quiet. Yeah, I'm just sweating at the moment because I think some of the alcohol's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so like. Having to wipe my arms down for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I think you need a cold shower in bed. Yeah, I need I need a cold beer in bed. Is that what you said, Ed? You need a cold beer and a swim. That's what he meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know what? Never... Yeah, I did loads of swimming. Like, it's impossible to get sunburn unless you put sun cream on and then go and, like, wash it off straight away. <laughs> Also, was that, was that a sunburn on your leg in that picture you sent to the group? Oh, no, that was my new career. I don't know why my red looks my leg looks so red on that. It's just my photo editing's not good enough yet. But waxing. Yeah. Should probably put that photo on like the Instagram story or something so yeah, people can see. Anyone listening, if you're still listening at this point of the pod, then we'll we'll get we'll get that photo up on the story or something with Tom because his I think it's his left leg. It just looks Burn to a crisp. No, it's it's not burnt, but I need more support for my new career that I'm starting. So this would be a good yeah, customer base, yeah. I think. Yeah, to begin with. Oh, sorry, forex trader, wasn't it? It was a forex trader. You're gonna be. Can't remember what it was, to be honest. It was Andrew Tate number two, wasn't it? It was the get rich. You could get He was a get get rich quick guy. Yeah, that's it. Get rich quick. Like ditch your nine to five and listen to my advice. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you're also not looking too tanned as well, to be honest, mate. I am tanned. It's just light shining on my head, so it's not looking tanned. But I am tanned. <laughs> I'm freckled at the very least. I've got more freckles than I did have before. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll see you at uh, training on Tuesday, and we can decide for ourselves. Yeah, maybe. Depends. Maybe. Unless you're still asleep by then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think... We'll, we'll... We haven't talked about NM7s, have we? Uh, do it on the next one. Yeah, we can do like, maybe do it on the next one, or we just suck it off and don't talk about it. 
It's the manga, wasn't it? Got, guys. We've got to talk. Um, they got they had it filmed. Yeah, I know. We could talk about it next time. Um, but yeah, I think we can we can wrap things up there. Um, we'll uh, later in the week we're going to release another uh, much shorter episode, probably just about fifteen twenty minutes. Or so um, to talk about some bigger rugby updates in Norway, I suppose. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, as always, guys, has a good week. Um, yeah, cool, brilliant. End of show. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off! I want to go to bed. <laughs> Done.